morning, good afternoon, and good evening from wherever you're joining across the world. Thank you again for tuning in into the RegTech Pulse podcast from LexisNexis Risk Solutions. I'm your host, Ankit Sharma. In the last podcast, you heard me talk to two of my wonderful colleagues, and we discussed the fraud nuances in Australia. Uh, today, I am joined by two gentlemen again uh, in the world of innovation, and this is one of the conversations that I've been really looking forward to have for a long time. So without further ado, if I could just quickly request Nick Searle, the Head of Innovation, and Puneet Mathur, the Senior Manager for Innovation, to quickly introduce themselves. Over to you guys. Hi, Ankit. Thank you very much for having us on. Um, I've been with the organization for a couple of years now. I've joined the product org as the, um, as the Head of Innovation for the Financial Crime Compliance and Payments side of the business. So when I joined Punit was already running strong with uh, with all of the work that we've been doing. But uh, yeah, we've uh, we've come in and really tried to make a big shift in in how we work with the rest of the business over the last couple of years. Thanks, Nick. Uh, I'm Punit Madhu. Uh, Nick is based in London and I'm in Singapore. Uh, I'm kind of leading the face of the innovation in the APEC market and kind of leading innovation projects we are doing here as well as kind of heart of talking to customer, uh, getting insight from customer and uh, collecting insight in this region so that we can we can build solution for global audience. Uh, yeah, my background is starting from a journey of a designer and now into core into product, uh, focusing on how we can help the organization to to move faster, uh, work on the areas which are not explored uh, and kind of helping the business to grow faster. And thanks, Ankit. Um, looking forward to this discussion. Thanks, guys. Likewise, as I said, I mean, I've been really wanting to pick your brains because being a responsible reg tech as well as a fraud partner for any of our clients is important to have uh, a solid uh, uh, innovation uh, function within, uh, you know, embedded within the uh, the corporation. So, uh, you know, thank you for your time today. All right, let's jump straight into it. Uh, I have a lot of questions that I want your uh, critical inputs and critical thinking around. So before we kind of uh, get started uh, in any of the questions or topics, you know, I think if we could just for the benefit of our listeners, talk a bit more about how the journey of the innovation pod has been. I know it's a global function with several pods across the globe, and we have Puneet here in Singapore. We're blessed with that. But then Nick, if you could just from from as the as the head of the organization, just kind of lay the vision or just you know essentially lay uh, how 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 you guys are collaborating in the innovation group you know what's the transformation process looking like uh, and just lay the land uh, just you know over to you well thanks for the question Zankit. um i guess the the idea of innovation uh, within lnrs is is not new however i think one of the visions that we had once um, once i came in was to really have a look and see what all of the different innovation um, teams are working on, what the sort of general travel direction, the the the, the different groups are going in, um, and really sort of step towards organizing all of the different efforts into a single location. So from the perspective of all of the teams in the organization, there's maybe been either a, an, an ignorance of where to go to talk to people about innovation or maybe a confusion as to who to go to. So really the vision is about 
bringing everybody together and collaborating from a single place. So that's what we're working towards. And I think we've made really good strides um, towards that over the last couple of years. Yeah, just, just to add a little bit on that front, right? Uh, so within Innovation Group, I think there's a big journey which Nick is driving on transformation uh, within the org. Uh, I'm kind of leading uh, a lab within this group, which we have kind of rebranded and renamed as Carbon Lab. I think a lot of companies have their own lab, so we, we also have Carbon Lab now, where we kind of <clears throat> emphasizing on the how how we should approach on a problem or or a or a customer requirement, right? So we are building processes within that and kind of working on ideas uh, and making sure that we we have some output out of it and kind of have plugged that. Uh, kind of requirement or or the experiment output within our product line. So I think what we have changed over a period of time since Nick joined is basically the working with the product team and give it a light of the idea because there are a lot of innovation idea which there are POC happen and then you don't see what happened after that, right? So we try to make sure that whatever we are working on, where, wherever we put our energy on, have some kind of output which make make our customer life easy, right? So, and we are parking the ideas which are really not have that much impact right now. So focusing on idea which are making an impact and bring value to the customer. That's where we are focusing in the lab and kind of building within the lab, we are building an environment as well, kind of a cloud environment to run multiple experiments uh, because we have data to play with. We have a lot of um, customers who are interested to work with us. So that's where we are heading towards. Brilliant. That sounds really fascinating. And thanks for sharing uh, on that, Puneet. And if, Nick, if I could just kind of, you know, uh, dwell a bit more on that. For example, you know, um, our systems are embedded uh, into mission crit critical applications for all our customers. Um, you know, and, and you talked about uh, the environment uh, and the functioning of the lab, uh, and you laid down the vision and, you know, uh, you know, the thought process behind setting that up. But uh, it'll help all of us if you could just kind of elaborate a bit more uh, around the environment. Uh, you know, how will it uh, better help or impact our business? And more importantly, you know, how is it going to change the life of our customers? Yeah, great question. The I think one of the biggest things that um, that we have going for us here at LexisNexis Risk Solutions is the fact that we have grown through very targeted acquisitions um, of a lot of companies um, in the past. And so we've we've built our customer base by bringing them in via different acquisitions and products that they've already been using. And I think one of the big things that we're working towards is ensuring that we give ourselves all of the appropriate tools to really look at experimenting how all of these different products and and data sets can be used together so what we've not had in the past is the the, the tooling the our own environments in which we can start ingesting all of the data that we've got from all of our products but from our customers as well Although we've got sort of state-of-the-art and industry-leading security protocols, what we've not done is utilize them for our own benefits. And so that's really where we're aiming this vision towards is ensuring the same level of safety and security that we provide our customers to ourselves to work on all of the different data sets and, as I said, the products that we've got out in the market now. 
because we've got so many of them, we've not really explored the benefit of adding them together or playing with how different elements of different products might enhance some of the products that our customers are using today. So really what we're talking about is building our own tools. And then once we're very happy with what that looks like, building separate instances to be able to experiment with our customers as well, not in a production environment. So obviously we don't want to affect any mission critical systems that are up and running now. We're creating different avenues for our customers to work with us to explore what developments of our products would look like going forwards. Work sounds really exciting uh, in your side of the world, uh, uh, Nick. Uh, you know, it sounds like uh, the movie Matrix, one of my favorite movies. You know, the work that uh, Neo and, and, and Morpheus used to do. And before we swallow the red pill, and if I could direct this question uh, to you, Puneet and uh, Nick, feel free to jump in as well. Uh, you know, there must be a plethora of these inter interesting ideas in your canvas. You know, what are the cutting edge technologies uh, you know, that your transformation uh, team is working on these days? If you could just elaborate a bit more that are the exciting ones and some on, on, on the basis of that, some of our customers may benefit as to what are the trends, you know, that they can set from uh, a compliance perspective. Yeah, thanks, Ankit. Uh, I think give an example of metrics, right? <clears throat> I've taken that red pill long back and kind of going through this journey, still going through. And there are technologies which come, evolve, die and kind of revolve, right? And then mature, some mature, some really die, right? Uh, I think in terms of currently what's going on, uh, there's a lot of hype about Gen AI, generative AI, and we are also going through that journey uh, to, to figure out what that means for us, for our business, for our customers, how we can, what kind of experiment we can do, which as I said earlier, which will have an impact to the customer, right? So we have kind of divided our work into as normally used terminology, H1, H2, H3. So there are a couple of ideas which are really far-fetched, uh, which we are kind of exploring at the moment. But for us, <clears throat> we being a data company and have a lot of uh, data available with us to play with, as Nick mentioned earlier, uh, we are kind of working on a couple of experiments to make insight of that data, right? And using Gen AI for that, uh, getting out of what kind of insight might be really helpful for customer to make sure that they are not exposed to the risk uh, from the money launders or, or terrorist financing, right? So those are the key area in financial crime we work on. Uh, so, so working on those areas and using Gen AI to kind of make it more meaningful insight for the customer rather than just throwing alerts or, or, or kind of uh, doing some risk analysis, but making making that more meaningful. So those kind of experiments we are doing currently internally, right? Uh, I think one interesting uh, project we are kind of exploring at the moment is around languages as well. I'm not saying that's not being explored worldwide, but I think what we are looking basically from a lens of what it means for our customer, what and being in present in APAC, I think that's where the all languages right chinese japanese vietnamese thai all are there right even even if i talk about indian context there are so many regional languages so i'm not saying we are tackling all but what i'm saying here is there is a challenge to be solved and there there have been companies who have tried it out but i think we are looking more from a context of how what kind of challenges our customers are facing so we we work on an angle always that 
what's it mean for our customer? What are the challenges they are facing and how we can help using these cutting edge technologies from generative AI as well as the machine learning models, how, how those can merge together to help solve those challenges. So I think we, uh, we are focusing on that as well uh, in terms of screening capabilities and, and kind of having running experiment on those. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of interesting stuff going on within the lab and yeah, we are here uh, to, to talk to customers as well. Uh, feel free to reach out to us and kind of uh, happy to collaborate on that front. Brilliant, and and you you, you raised a very interesting uh, point on on uh, you know uh, languages, Puneet, because I mean every hundred kilometers in Asia, for example, the language changes, the culture changes, the compliance maturity, the fraud index, all these other things change, right? So I can I can completely appreciate where you're coming from, and I'm sure that's the need of our, of the R from uh, a customer uh, you know standpoint as well. But myself, being a student of uh, compliance and being involved. Uh, you know, uh, into understanding more of uh, macroeconomic uh, kind of parameters. You know, if you could just maybe talk a bit more uh, on on uh, where you're seeing trade compliance or trade-based money laundering evolve within the region, because you know, in the post-pandemic world, we've seen that you know trade is so important for any economy uh, overall, right? So, so what are your views on that, Puneet? Wow, Anki, thank, thank you for this question. This is something close to my heart because when, when I started work in the financial domain, and that was one of my first project, right? <clears throat> and we have gone through this journey, uh, going back to the history when MAS came up with the regulation around vessel tracking, it all started there, right? And since then, I, I've been working on this area, uh, kind of looking out on the new regulation, how the customer landscape is changing, regulatory landscape is changing, what are the requirements coming up? And, and even the industry has evolved a lot, right? We have a lot of experiment done on blockchain, on DLT to bring trade uh, trade transactions there. Apart from that, there are new regulations which are keep coming up, like the one which is came by OFAC around May 2020, uh, which kind of not just involved financial institution, but kind of expanding the remit uh, on the other side of the, the the kind of actors which are involved in the trade transaction, right? Like marine time insurance company, the flag registry, shipping industry, um, ship owners, operators. So so it's kind of expanding, right? The trade liability or the risk around trade and and the and the partners involved within the trade transaction and the responsibility of them. So I think for trade, it's not just responsibility of one. Uh, one unit, like maybe, for example, financial institution, but also the responsibilities of the of the partner involved, right? Uh, so, so I think we are focusing on the, those as well, and what are the challenges they face, right? So, not just talking about vessel tracking and dual use good screening, but more looking holistically of overall journey of the trade, the the hidden risk which are there, uh, which which our our customers are exposed to unknowingly right like the the ubo relationship uh, of a sanction of a of a maybe shipping company or even the vessel company or ship owners linkages with any kind of money laundering activity adverse media or or even direct link to the sanction right and given this wars going on in the world nowadays there are this this is so dynamic and evolving right there are everyday new New companies getting sanctioned, or new new vessels getting sanctioned, vessels going to North Korea getting sanctioned, and there are a lot of kind of illicit activities happening. Uh, given the the ship shipping operators, 
playing around with AIS, transponders, spoofing, and all those things, right? So yeah, I think we are uh, heavily invested in this and kind of working with, with the data uh, we have and kind of our sanction expertise we have around around the companies, around the owners, around the vessels and whatnot. So yeah, there is a lot going on and recently like kind of uh, looking further down the line, not just vessels, but talks about containers and whatnot, right? So a lot of stuff happening uh, and kind of working with the ecosystem, all the, all the parties which are getting involved, working with them, uh, understanding their challenges, and and walking them through the journey of how not just related to sanction but also towards the money laundering which is happening and what kind of typologies which are coming uh, so yeah there's a lot going on uh, on the trade side of things that's good to hear i mean obviously we are in the business of making the world a better and safer place for everyone uh, and really appreciate you sharing those insights uh, nick in the last 10 15 minutes i mean one thing i've really gathered by speaking to the both of you is that we really are placing our customers at the heart of you know what you guys are trying to do really working with them but i know that you know uh, even some of uh, the newer conversations around you know some of the new uh, gen technologies or prospects or the new verticals that the company is trying to open you guys are also kind of open towards working uh, with those organizations and institutions at large uh, but if you could just kind of simplify this this framework, uh, this lab framework or your team's framework for us, uh, I think it'll be really useful for uh, our listeners. Yeah, uh, thanks, no problem. I, um, I'll i try to keep it simple. So we've got um, a couple of live examples um, at the moment. Um, and although we're looking at the latest and greatest technologies, the biggest impacts that we're seeing are really looking at the combination of our products that we've got today. So the, um, the the best example that we've got is we've got obviously our list screening engines um, and our products associated with those. Um, but we've also brought in products from acquisitions that are looking at refining results coming out of the backup screening engines. And so what we've not done in the past is work directly with our customers that um, have been using one of our products um, pre-acquisition pre and then after acquisition realized that they're actually using multiple products from our organization, but our products really haven't been necessarily fully blended together and working together. So we've got two live examples with customers, both in the US and in Europe, um, where we're looking at how we're seamlessly um, improving the end result for our customers um, by combining our products in an experimentation environment and ensuring that the results are up to par with what our customers are expecting and far exceeding the results that they've been getting from us in the past. Yeah, it's good to hear. Um, and as they say, all good things must come to an end. So uh, has our time uh, for this conversation. I think we need to do a series with you guys because uh, you know you guys are across so many so many things in so many domains. I think in order for all of us to extract more value, I think we'll definitely have to do uh, another podcast uh, in a few weeks or probably you know we'll come back uh, in a month or two. But again, before I let you guys go, uh, you know, if 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 you were to take out your crystal balls, uh, which I'm sure you have somewhere hidden uh, in your uh, homes or offices, can you please share some some trends that you guys are really actively tracking, uh, or is there anything that's keeping you up at night, uh, Nick? If you could just start with that. Yeah, great question. Um, 
I'm uh, I'm maybe in the minority. I'm hopefully not. But um, I look at all of the change as uh, exciting and uh, the fact that new opportunities um, always present themselves. So we've been through hype machines before. Um, you can see I'm I'm gray and and lacking enough hair to uh, uh, showcase that we we've we've been through these before. Um, so the hype machine doesn't really necessarily bother me because I know that we as a as a people generally are responsible and weed out the bad actors um, well ahead of time. So I think that we come with ebbs and flows and understanding our technology on a wide scale. Um, so the gen the generative AI, the AI boom at the moment, um, does present itself with lots of opportunities, but at the same time, we do have to be responsible with it. So um, although I, I won't say it keeps me up at night, um, I know that our group specifically, we take it very seriously. Um, so we're not rushing into things that, you know, ir irresponsibly. Um, we've got experience significantly with blockchain, um, crypto, in the organization and so i think some of the underlying technologies there with distributed ledgers and the advent uh, or the advance of technology to allow for distributed ledgers to really be um be useful i think we're we're sort of at the point that we're we're able to start playing with some of these things not necessarily deploying them at the cutting edge um right at the start but um, really making use of them once we see some of the benefits that uh, that come um uh, you know across the uh, across the population so i'm i'm really excited with uh, with with what some of these technologies can present to us um and i'm not necessarily losing sleep over uh, over the overhype um, at the moment, so long as we maintain that responsible approach to using it. Absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much. I mean, as I said, uh, I was really looking forward to this conversation, uh, you know, and, and as visionaries, you've really helped me dip my toes into what lies ahead, uh, not just from an organization perspective, but also from where the market is heading to what our customers are, uh, you know, asking us to co-create working with them. Uh, thank you again, guys. Thank you, Puneet. Thank you, Nick, for your time. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for sharing your insights. Thanks so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks again. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, you know, you heard Nick and Puneet share their innovation uh, journey. You also heard them talk about what are the trends that they're tracking and what are some of the technologies that they're working with. Uh, thank you for tuning into LexisNexis Resolutions RegTech Pulse podcast. Do connect with us, do follow, follow with us uh, on social media platforms. Uh, and it's goodbye from now and thank you again.